Welcome to the Defiant Spirit, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and resilience in the most challenging, difficult, and darkest moments of our lives through what my teacher and mentor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, called the defiant power of the human spirit, that spirit that is within you, that spirit that is calling to you, that spirit that is you. I'm Dr. Baruch Halevi, and this is the Defiant Spirit, and now, on to our podcast. So welcome back to the Defiant Spirit and Wealth 360, where we bring together the ancient Enneagram together with my good friend, Michael Feiner, and his expertise of wealth. Hey, Mike. Good afternoon, B. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to uh, continue the conversation today. Excellent. Well, it's been the first five have been exciting. I can't wait to talk about what I think the hardest one is today. So I agree with you. So anybody who's just joining us, uh, Michael and I bring together the Enneagram together, seeing it through the lens of wealth and finance, investing. But we also, you know, have some one-off fun. And the last podcast we did was a lot of fun. Ted Lasso, the Enneagram of Ted Lasso. So by the time this is out, you will maybe have listened to that as well. That was a really fun one. And then next up is Yellowstone. You'll be happy to know my wife demanded that we um, subscribe to Paramount. And now we're watching Yellowstone. So... Have you started yet? We started. Watched the first one. Um, yeah, it was a good one. You liked the first one, didn't you? you you're a Midwest guy. You loved it. I loved yeah. all of them, actually. Yeah. Love Yellowstone. So we're going to do the Enneagram at Yellowstone, and we, we're taking requests. Anybody, uh, you know, shoot us an email of movies or TV shows you'd like yeah. us to Enneagram. So uh, we've been, we took a little break on the last one, but we've been marching along one, two, three, four, five. Now we're on, as Michael said, Enneagram six, the loyalist, the loyalist. Tell us about the loyalist, my friend. I like to think of the loyalist as sort of the, the people who feel comf- comfortable in a crowd and they're loyal to a, to a group or they're most comfortable as group members, mm-hmm. uh, potentially or, or see comfort in, in, um, you know, some sort of team. That's a good one. That's true. Um, so I would say that that stems from a core fear that all sixes, all human beings have, but sixes in particular feel it more pronounced. And that is the fear of fear. That is anxiety. That is doubt and uncertainty. And they're right. I mean, I say this all the time about sixes. They're not wrong. We The world is precarious, right? We live in a crazy thing called earth we just take for granted like we're we're in outer space we're we're waiting to die you know the sixes are just live really close to that reality and they almost can't compartmentalize it so there's a lot of a lot of fear there yeah and then you take it back to fear which is the kind of the basis of the system right with people's core fear one one to nine so this is uh you know definitely uh the most interesting one to me number six so they're, they're afraid um, now they can hide it, they can mask it, they can look almost like they have no fears. So sometimes that, that's what we call counterphobic. And they come across one way, like very aggressive and intense, almost like an eight or some of the other types, but they're underneath it. it remember with the Enneagram, it's motivation, it's the why, what's driving this person. And for an Enneagram six, it's fear. Or they come across as phobic, which is, um, your typical kind of, you know, phobic person like Larry David, 
Curb Your Enthusiasm, Jason Alexander from uh, Seinfeld, um, Sarah Jessica Parker from um, Sex and the City. Now, these are very angsty types, and that's a phobic six. So big extreme. And I think, Mike, that's why you said it's kind of hard sometimes to pin down this type. I think so. You, you've always said that if you can't pin them down somewhere else, they're probably a six. But I think it is hard because a six probably is a lot of the population, probably a large percentage I think, it said, I think it said they're the largest percentage. By definition, they gravitate towards group, towards belonging. And back to what you said, you know, you define them as wanting to belong. And that's partially because of a kind of a herd, a safety in numbers, a belonging, loyalty. Yeah. So that you know, it's sense. important. And especially from an investment perspective, uh, they want to belong to when things are going up. They love it. When they go down, of course, they don't love it. No one loves going down, but at least they're comfortable that other people are going down. Misery lays company. Um, but because they, I think you, did you explain that they're one of the more anxious? They're groups? the anxious type for sure. Okay. Um, again, how they express that, they may not express their anxiety, but usually they do. And they do it in the form of questions. So whenever I have a potential client that calls me and they are asking me 5, 10, 20, 50, 150 questions, I know they're a six and I know they're probing, right? Just think of it as like, um, you know, like in your, back in your old world in a minefield, probing what's underneath there. Is it going to blow? And there's it's like a defensive strategy, which is partially, I think, why we call them the defensive investor. Is I think that that's right? exactly right definitely high alert, right? They're just on edge when it comes to concerned about loss, very concerned about losing. More so than winning. Absolutely uh, more so. I know there's, I think, something called prosperity theory in, in, in life, but I think in behavioral finance and it talks about, you know, feeling more pain for a loss that's equal to a gain. You feel much more pain for an equal $10 loss than you do for $10 gain. But sixes magnify that uh, astronomically. So, you know, just I'm going to just share a slide real quick. Um, let's see here. So right here. Um, also, if you look at it, if you're looking, I'll. you don't need me to describe it, but if you're not, I'll describe it. Six and three are connected by this line. In some ways, they're yin and yang. You know, so if this one is the defensive this the six is the defensive investor the three was what we call it the growth investor and they're almost opposites of each other because growth is more worried about winning than losing and six is more worried about losing than winning so they're opposite ends of the spectrum Love that's, that. that's going to change our investment strategy around a huge six yeah huge huge difference right i mean almost literally opposite so let's talk a little bit more about them as clients and then we'll get into some investment strategies. Um, for me, my clients, it helped me be a little more patient. And I see this as a great strategy in working with sixes. So if you're listening to us and you, you know, have sixes in your life, one of the things you can really do is just think of your um, responsibility to a six as holding a garbage can mentally and letting them dump whatever they're afraid of in, in the mental garbage can. 
as opposed to telling them to wrap it up, let them get it out, right? Because this is how they navigate the world. It's almost like they're sonar and they're just navigating, trying, and they're, they're almost testing you. Sometimes it's not even about the question. It's to see how patient you are, how, how consistent your responses are. So they're constantly looking for consistency, for patience, for support. And the more we can support them, the more that anxiety starts to subdue. Has that been your experience, Michael? Well, he, honestly, you've taught me about sixes. Um, I always took, I didn't understand a six before a year ago. With I think it's pretty one. low in your, it's low in your profile from what I remember. It's low in my profile, uh, six and nine. Ironically, those two things that I'm connected, why are the two things I have to work on because they're so low. But with sixes, when people dumped on me, like you said, and they were concerned and fearful, I always took it very personally, like we're doing something wrong. Um, it was harder for me to deal with because it's very time consuming sometimes too. Yeah. And I couldn't seem to solve it or end it. it no matter what we did, it, it kept on going. But you taught me, like I said, it's more about listening. So I realized I couldn't take it personally mm-hmm. and that it was as part of a sounding board. So it's helped a lot and also identify those clients. So sometimes I can be more proactive mm-hmm. to make them feel a little bit more secure or not. I can't solve it, but make them feel more heard. Yes. And, um, we, you know, in our system, when people are eventually when it's done, we're going to be able to provide you with it. But we talk about these sixes as needing that kind of proactivity during market sell offs. Mm-hmm during, you know, the COVID period. COVID was a nightmare for six. I mean, you really have to oh. empathize how hard it must be. I, not only the health, but the market collapsing. The world un- was, has never been more unstable in our lifetime than it has the past three years. And it's almost like sixes have been waiting for the shoe to drop. You know, they're the ones who probably were at Costco th- three months before buying all the toilet paper. Um, yeah. Yeah, ordering Campbell soup and you know casing, yeah. for sure. Now no, it's true. It is. It is true. There's that underlying anxiety that something bad is going to happen. They're just not sure what. And so on the you know, but there's look. There's also an upside to that because they're the preppers, right? Maybe not you know the end of the world preppers, but they're the ones who, if you're, I use this in my podcast this week when I was talking about them because I've gone hiking with some sixes before. And like you can cut your leg and know that they have the first aid kit, that they're the ones who brought it. Right. Um, they have that like, you know, or, or the uh, North African snake venom remedy in their backpack when you got bit by it because they were just anticipating that moment in life when that they would be needed and they're needed. So, you know, we need sixes in our lives to do a lot of the, the hole poking, some of the due diligence, challenge yeah. some of the assumptions. Wish we had some sixes for that FTX debacle, right? But they are good. They're good auditors. They're good people who are worried about things. So they really do things. They question everything and are very thorough. And that can be help, really, really helpful to to test something. They, they get a bad rap in our society because we've really morphed into a seven culture, both America, I think, and the West, and seven is much more like let's make it happen let's get it done they sevens will refer to sixes sometimes as the wet blanket because it a six comes in to a seven-ish meeting and they'll start challenging some of the assumptions 
And I worked, you know, for a few years in high tech and I saw high tech is dominated by sevens. And so you can see some of these companies that get into trouble because they get rid of all the quote unquote wet blankets, the whole pokers. And then they have assumptions that have never been vetted and they overextend themselves and they get themselves into trouble. So threes and sevens can get into a lot of trouble without enough sixes in their lives. No, and, I, and it's funny that you say that because um, as we've done, even you've done help me do the analysis of my own business and I'm kind of short on sixes a little bit. I've nines, ones, a lot of other things, shorter sevens also. And it's, it's interesting uh, as we look look to add people and stuff, you kind of want to round the team out with, with that skill set because that's a skill set too in, in so many ways to look for the pitfalls, the problems, the things that you might not think about because they do tend to be where I'm a three, I'm very optimistic. That can be a very big weakness to always want the positive things to happen. And sixes, I think are very pessimistic if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they um, and they serve a very important role in our society. They're the whistleblowers, right? They're the ones, you know, I think of, um, what was that movie? Uh, Aaron Brockovich. Right. Like they go up against the system because on the one hand, they're afraid. But on the other hand, they're super courageous. You look at healthy sixes and they're they're committed. So that's the loyalty piece. They're committed to the ideology, no matter what people are saying around them. So they're the ones who blow the whistle on the Enrons and the, the water deal and Aaron Brockovich. And they go against the systems as much as they join them if they feel betrayed by the system, by the leader. So they can go in one direction of becoming very fearful and meek and or they can become very courageous, the most courageous among us and stand up to the inconsistency, stand up to the betrayals. The, the flip side, too, Michael, as you know, is once you have the loyalty of a six and you've earned their trust, answering all those questions, proving out that you can manage their money, they their clients, their friends, their partners for life. Yeah, no. Once they're part of your posse, they're, they're the best, right? They're with you, which is probably their superpower, right? I mean, they're just loyal, like you said. It can be their superpower, and it can be their uh, kryptonite. Depends on what you know what they do with it. So, so how does this? Well, also, I guess one other thing before we jump into some some investing and financial strategies, you said to me a while back, and this one's really stuck with me that. Um, if we were to give the stock market an Enneagram type, probably it's a six. What, would you describe that to our listeners? Yeah, I mean, we just discussed this today. You know, the market was up 500 points, at least the Dow. We're not exactly sure why. Of course, as a result, not one person's calling me on the phone. <laughs> the market's up. They only, if we're down 500 points, people would call. But it, it, it's sort of schizophrenic in many ways. You don't know what's going to happen. Sometimes is the old joke in the stock market, good news is bad news and bad news is good news. Mm -hmm. Sometimes good news is good news and bad news is bad news. You don't know when that's going to happen. And it, so in that sense, it, it's all over the place. And it can express its anxiety in, in the strangest ways. So it's also too, you know, we've talked about before the um, stock market is just currency. It's just movement of energy and anxiety is just currency. It's just movement of energy. 
This anxiety isn't like something you have. We all have anxiety. Sixes just process it constantly. And you think about the, the stock market, it's just this constant movement. There's no, never a static day in the market, even if it ends up back where it started. It went through a lot of rhythms and permutations and highs and lows to get back to where it started, right? Has there ever been a day when the market's open and nothing moved? By definition, not possible. No, like you said, and if you look at the gyrations of the market, even over a year, two years, five years, it, it has a certain you know, pattern that way. It's a steady, uh, not steady, but it's a it's a it's a forty five kind of angle. Right? Well, we and you, you, we've talked about this before that if you look at a hundred year stock market, and he said it looks kind of nice, consistent way up. It it would be, you know, um, the way a one would like the stock market to look right. consistent movement forty five degrees up. But if you if you and you talked about zooming in and zooming out over time. If you zoom in on it, it looks like a fractal, crazy up down roller coaster mm-hmm. but if you zoom out it looks like a steady run so it is it, it, it that is the i guess the the real issue you know you have that consistency over the long term but you have the inconsistency in in the short term and i think that's we talked about it in uh, the enneagram one i think enneagram one and six to me sometimes are hard to delineate distinguish delineate um between which is which because they both over zoom in. They zoom in. Mm-hmm. One zoom in on details and sixes will do it too, but they're not as perfectionist nearly as much as skittish, but they're both doing the same thing. And I think both of us help ones and sixes zoom out, get some perspective, stop looking at the news, right? Sixes are the types where you probably need to turn off your news outlet of choice and stop reading about the markets. Right. No, no question about it. And a six, uh, too much information is, is tough, I think. The so noise, they can't, they can't filter the white noise. Right, because sixes, too, right? sixes are, are, are head types. So they'll go into their head where sevens kind of go away from information and they just do what they want regardless. Um, and fives go inwards and they're going to be really contemplative. Sixes get caught in this middle. And they get stuck in this analysis paralysis if they're reacting. And so enough is enough. Take a break, walk away, or make a decision. Like even make the wrong decision, but make a decision and free up some of this suffering that you're going through. I with, without question, without question. It's I think that was the when he said the world's been really tough in the last three years because of so much um, volatility. Mm-hmm. And that's particularly tough for someone who's absorbing all that someone who's absorbing all that volatility of a six yes it, it has to be overpowering the same as you try to process how to handle the stock market in in the short and medium terms mm-hmm. too much information is deadly because there's information on both sides of of the aisle every time and trying to trying to weigh that is is obviously difficult but that's why I think some types are more in need of a financial planner. And I think sixes are because my thought is they need to vet. They need to find the right person they trust. I mean, they're going to put you through, you know, the ringer once they've they've trusted you. Now they can defer to your guidance. Right. And they need to be told sometimes, here's what we're going to do. 
you entrusted me. And I think, you know, as you work with sixes, I think it's also good for you or any financial planner to really say with authority, look, this is why we went through the vetting process. This is why, we, you know, we've been working together and you need to trust me in the process because sometimes sixes will give up on the process and they'll, you know, bail on the strategy. And that can be the worst thing of all. You have just actually hit on the golden nugget there. And that is exactly right. Bailing on the process, the long-term process because of, of all these other factors. And that's what you have to protect the investor against. Themselves. Themselves. No, it, it, I think in their studies, I think to, to back, back that up, that people do well better, certain investors with financial advisors, not because the financial advisor picks better stocks or, or has a better investment strategy, but they basically can maintain, they don't let you do things that are counterproductive by removing money from the market or, you know, investing in things that, that, you know, may not be beneficial long-term. So that's, yeah. that's a huge thing. It's a huge insight that you've just, you know, said there. So doing these and doing this analysis to understand if you are a six, yeah. which is what in, or identifying if a client is a six is so important to, to know that during March, 2020, when the market, I have a particular six in hindsight who wanted to sell everything when the market was cratering in March, 2020. Mm -hmm. So stressed. Absolutely. And that's when they need to find a professional they trust and say, Michael, well, this, first of all, anybody, you know, any of Michael's um, clients reach out to Michael, um, we'll get you the Enneagram assessment. This is invaluable to know this about yourself and know you're working with somebody who gets this about you and, and then right. Say, Hey, I'm going through a six thing right now. Remember what you and B talked about. I need to defer to you, my financial planner, because right now I got to take my hands off the wheel. Right. It's, it's interesting because um, the most, the thing that I've gotten most out of, of your system and your creation here at wealth 360 is being in tune with other people. And I've talked to different clients who will say, hey, I talked to this attorney that I'm working with, but we just don't connect. Or I've talked to this insurance guy, or I've talked to this planner, we just start connecting. And that's kind of a imprecise term, I suppose. But the idea here is that they're not in tune with whatever it is. Um, you've helped me try to understand someone else's frequency. And I, I think it is very helpful to understand how they work so that they can feel comfortable because people don't don't go to advisors or leave advisors or 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 whatnot because of performance per se unless it's terrible of course they go because they don't have that connection which is another insight that we've learned through this process but again it depends on the type because a three is all about the bottom line may stay with somebody they don't even value or respect yeah. if they're making the money yeah you know, yeah, but, yeah, true, a, but, a, true. but a six is not looking at just ROI. They're looking at, right. do they trust you? And so it's interesting, uh, you know, where I got that insight from is the, um, we have different triads. We'll get into them another time, but one of the triads is there's a group called the compliant group and it's six, one, and two. And they're the types that need a financial planner to essentially tell them what to do. Because each one of those types naturally will comply if they trust the person across from them. And it's almost like they need somebody to say, we're going to stick this out. This was our strategy. We agreed to it. 
right? You told me to hold the keys to the car, you know, if you've been drinking, right? This is, this is your drug of choice, this worry. And these are the worried types. And so when the shit hits the fan, we're going to go. And, and by the way, being able to have this conversation with your financial planner ahead of time by design, God, it's going to bring so much relief to a six, one and a two. No, I, you know, since you've done this, the six that I talked about in March, 2020, I know that six, we talked about it a bit saying, this is your anxiety, your anxiety type, how you react when the markets go down. So the next time the market goes down, let's prepare what we're going to do in advance. Yes. So we don't react at that time. <clears throat> and guess what happened? We did this in the summer. And when the market went down in October, they came in and they said, wow, you know, this is what happened. So we, we want to do some buying for the long term, potentially. It feels uncomfortable, but I know we've talked about this. The markets come back and now they're like, it's like cruise control. It's like we we know it's going to happen, right? The market is going to go down every, you know, irregular intervals. So, so an Enneagram 6 walks into a room and they are anticipating, they're the ones who know that there's a fire exit. And that maximum capacity in this room can only hold 326 people. So they want to know ahead of time where those exits are or what's the plan. They're the ones who read the instructions on the wall. You know, don't take the elevator, take the back stairs. And what you're doing is you're helping them look at the fire exits before there's a fire because there will be a fire. Absolutely. And tell them in advance is going to be the fire. This is what we're going to do. So be ready. Here's what we're going to do. And I think they feel, well, not perfect or perfectly comfortable. They feel like they feel good when I, I've noticed they do feel good. And you help me with this. They feel good when they have a plan during the emergency yes. as opposed to a seven or maybe in the three. don't care. They'd rather maybe do it on ad hoc or on the hip or, you know, non-deliberately. But a six appreciates deliberation, deliberate plan. A and B, they can think clearly, even if there's never a fire. Um, you know, we'll get into instincts another time, but self-preservation instinct and six are the same thing, essentially. So my wife isn't a six. Ariella is a self-preservation four, but she looks like a six in that self-preservation. And we'll go hiking and she'll hear a crackle in the background, like a bear stepping on a twig. And you can see she's gone. Like she's not, I, I got to stop talking. I know it wasn't a bear. Like, I know it was just some dog. I know it was our dog. I, I don't worry like that. But I've stopped talking to her in those moments because she can't hear me. She needs a plan. She needs to know we're okay. And that's a six. And what you're, you're doing for them is you're giving them, okay, you know, when you hear the the the, the warning signs, right, you're going to have a plan in hand. So even before they get to that situation, they feel confident. They feel secure. They can hear you. They can communicate far more effectively than when there's a bear, when there's a fire, when yeah. there's an emergency. No, it was a huge difference to, you know, to the sixes. And in, in eights are a little bit like that, too, which we'll, you know, probably talk about in a couple of weeks. Not so much in that, but just to know that you have a plan. They don't care yes. about, I mean. I don't want to hear the details. They don't want to hear the details of the plan, but they want to know that they're, yes, I have a plan, right, where other people, other People don't care as much that I have a plan. They want other needs. But I've noticed that in the six and eights, it's like if you have a plan for them, they you can build that rapport and trust. How you execute it, it's different. So, you know, we'll talk about it. Hardest, you've talk, those, I said even day one, I said sixes and eights are my hardest, you know, people to help. 
So sixes and eights, four, six, and eight is part of the reactive group. And so sixes are the reactive, eights are reactive, fours are reactive. And that's ready, fire, aim. That's just do something. And you're, what you're saying is your job with them is to say, we're doing something by not doing anything. That's doing something. That was the plan. That when it hits the fan, we're going to not do anything. And for a reactive type, because I'm one, I just need to know that Mick is keeping me on plan. He's got this. Six is going to be the same way, but they're going to want to know the details. What's the big difference? Yeah. It, it, I mean, of course, you, you know, you, you boil this down to all of this, which is why you're the grandmaster of the Wall 360 Enneagram system. But it's so that insight is so important. It makes all the difference in the world to, you know, to helping someone in helping myself deal with, you know, deal with issues too. In communicating with someone, like all you need is a, to know, discuss the plan in advance. I'm, wow, it's not that hard to, like, to have the plan. And some people like, no, I don't want to know the plan, just that you have the plan. And some people like, I don't care that you have a plan. But not, yeah, this is, the plan's the same, right, generally. It's just how, how you dress the plan to someone. Also, isn't it interesting that if you did that to a seven, and we'll talk about it next week, all this stuff we're talking about, you're going to be losing the seven. The very thing that secures the six makes the seven wary about doing business with you. I told you what happened. I think we talked about what happened where they have some, you know, really fun extroverted sevens who I used to show up with like these PowerPoint presentations and Excel spreadsheets and numbers. And I, I, you know, put everything up and go through this detail. Of course, in hindsight, about 36 seconds into the presentation, they were probably thinking about Yellowstone and it, it never resonated with them. Then, yeah. You taught me about this. I went over another same meeting with nothing except to talk about things. We actually never talked about a number. Anything was just a conversation. You know, we had dinner, we did some other things. And the relationship improved so much because they want me to take it, but they didn't really want the details. And then I learned the opposite about the fives. Just give them my PowerPoint and the numbers and just don't talk about anything else. And they're happiest. So... And sixes yeah, are right in the middle. Sixes want yeah, the PowerPoint right. and they want to talk. Yeah. Process. So it's, you know, I, I feel like I've been naked this whole time, not knowing this information. Because some of this, you, you, you can intuit, right? You just, it's intu some of it's intuitive with people. But being able to hit it in advance to know how to, like you said, you know, what resonates makes, makes a big difference. Also, because you're not a one person show, you have a team and... So now, yes, you can intuit it and you're very intuitive, but now we have a system where we can create, you know, like we have a risk and reactivity section in our Wealth 360. And it shows you that um, that sixes don't like risk and they're highly reactive. Well, now your team knows we need to call because we have we're in the middle of COVID and we need to call Mrs. Smith, who's a six, 10 times more than Mr. Smith, who's a seven. There you go. It literally yeah. is. It literally is ten times more. Literally, you know, just it's a ten x around anxiety, um, and so now we can create a culture where everybody's talking about, oh, Mrs. Smith is a six, not to reduce her, but to see her, to give her what she needs. Yeah, it's the communication style, in a sense, you know, of how to best present what what she wants. That's right. Which which is that's why I encourage everyone who sees this and who who needs this. 
it works not only with Wealth360 and, and helping people with their finance, but I know B has, you know, transformed this for business to business and strategic planning, human resources, um, business, everything, because this resonates across the board to basically to align the messaging and to align your strategy. That's right. And make it truly make it concierge, truly make it personal. This is not, you know, this, I'm, I'm sure some of the bigger investment firms are not going to be using this because they, they operate off of, um, you know, volume, but somebody like you, you know, you're a concierge business. You want to see people and understand them and you take the time. So you've been investing so many of your resources into this because it helps you get to know them truly the deepest level. Yeah. Which is the, the rewarding part of our business too, right? Making sure that we have a deeper connection to people. I think I have developed a deeper connection to different people knowing their core type and their fears. That's right. So um, how about we end with some Enneagram um, type six-ish companies? I took a shot at these. We could talk more about the industries that they're in. But and again, anybody who's listening, you're going to be have access to all of this one of these days when we're finished. We're getting pretty close. But for now, I'll share with you. So I put down, having lived in Israel, um, I'm an Israeli citizen as well as an American citizen. I think Israel's a sixth country um, because it can be phobic and counterphobic, kind of tough and strong and bravado, or you know, really just humble and warm and kind. And so I think it's a sixth country by necessity. I don't know, you know, why, but it is. And I think it's not coincidental that it's the birthplace of cybersecurity. So Checkpoint is an Israeli company. And cybersecurity is really all about six. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, anything on so-called defense, right. defending yourself, and that's what Israel has had to do in the last 50 or 60 years. I think of this as companies that provide you with defense. And especially cybersecurity, you know, I, I also have down here like Northrop Grumman and yeah. um, Boeing and Lockheed literally. Martin. Yeah, literally um, defense. So right? literal, literally, literally defense. defense. I mean, your defense. So, you know, all of those are six-ish. But I look at Checkpoint as an example. And I think the world leader in, in cybersecurity had to come from Israel because Israel is always anticipating the next threat that isn't yet been born. It seems to be that, you know, these things come to Israel first before they come to the rest of the world. And so cybersecurity is anticipating. It's like walking into a room and, you know, anticipating what are all the things we can't even imagine are going to happen are going to happen. And you can feel that vibe around cybersecurity companies in particular. And I think that's probably the quintessential, you know, industry for that. And defense is probably number two, because especially the defense companies that you mentioned are trying to build the platforms that are going to anticipate the next threats yes. and defeat them. Not only just anticipate, but anticipate and defeat. And be ready, right? And Absolutely. be ready. So how do you do that and predict it or out, outthink the, the enemy, which most of the time doesn't come? A little aside, but um, I was in Israel in 2015 when they really had the first, um, unfortunately, but they had the opportunity to use Iron Dome in, in a big way. Up until then, it, they were piloting it, whatever. But that was the first time when Israelis took a collective sigh of relief 
because, and I remember we were outside, I was down near the Gaza Strip, but there wasn't a lot of fear for our life because they were shooting down like 90% of the rockets or something. Yeah. And it was almost like this, uh, all of that, you know, investment of worry into what this thing called Iron Dome, the missile defense thing was worth it. And you could just feel the anxiety level drop like orders of magnitude in that. So that's six quality translating into real world inventions. But it's not always defense. Like it's, it can be a non-military one too. Here's another company I put down, Mobileye. You're familiar, you're familiar with Mobileye, our sure. listeners. It's basically the technology also out of Israel that is in every car now that makes almost every car that comes off the assembly line smart to some degree, anticipating, you know, that's that beeping noise, right? That you hear right. when you're about to have a fender bender. It's the camera on built in. Yeah. It's the same thing, right? Same idea. Same idea. Yeah. Just you know, protecting you against the threat. Everything's about the threat. That's right. And the so threats are everywhere. Threat. And how do you defeat the threats or at least protect against the threats? Any other uh, sixes? I was, thinking, I was thinking insurance companies are good sixes, right? Just this, that was the one thing I was thinking, like what industry would be six people, mm -hmm. actuaries and insurance people are like, hey, life insurance guys are probably the best life insurance salesmen, I suspect. Well, they could be sevens, but would be good sixes to explain every possible thing that probably could ever happen to you, right? That's every funny. bad thing that can't, that's what insurance, life insurance is all about. Certainly medical insurance and auto insurance and, you know, the Geico, the Geico Gecko. Um, I, I never thought about that. I'm going to put that into our system. I lived in Des Moines, Iowa. I was a rabbi there for five years. <coughs> and it's like the second largest um, insurance capital in America. And um, everybody I would meet in that industry was very conservative by nature. It's just a conservative type. Yeah, I think you have to have a certain mentality to be in that in that industry in many ways. Right. Like, like you said, I'm sure industries can, just like countries, will be. Wall Street is, you know, a three probably. You know, restaurants are a seven maybe. Uh, media companies, media marketing are sevens. Exactly. So this is, is definitely a theme, and so the people who are attracted to that, presumably. You're going to get the, the most enneagram hits in That's two right. or three areas, right? For that for that industry, I, I would suspect. And, and I, I would. would say, rabbis. Rabbis. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't. I'm not going down that path. No, you went, we say clergy are kind of ones, right? Sometimes or are they ones? It depends or? on the. Depends on the. We're going to do a whole one on religion. You know, it depends yeah. on the uh, type. But uh, nine's more new agey. One's more. Yeah, one's more Catholic. Catholic, Catholic Orthodox. Right, but but it is interesting that. People who are attracted to it, or who you know, there's, there's a high correlation it seems between right. people, the industries, the world, the types, the what Absolutely. you do. It's and, and it all breaks down to the core fear, right? So all Absolutely. this is driven by some very core instincts. Um, just a couple other ideas around this. I would say you know things like the American Red Cross, some of these larger you know organizations that are just all about belonging, and particularly during times of you know, security during times of turmoil um, are very six-ish in nature, anticipating people's needs. Sixes are just loyal servants. They're here to serve. So mm -hmm. I can't say enough wonderful qualities about 
without sixes in our lives, we are just abandoned to a very harsh um, circumstance and world. And so we need sixes and twos, I would say. Six twos and ones, which are the compliant types, are really the ones we need in our corner to make sure we have what we need when we need it. Any final thoughts on our friends, the six? No, like you said, uh, this this one is a really complicated, you know, enneagram type, and we thank you for trying, you know, to clarify it because I think sixes sometimes need us more um, than other enneagram types in in many ways. So it's important to understand them. And I think you doing this will bring your six um, listeners, your six clients, a lot of security knowing that you just understand them. Sixes need to be understood. So thank you. And thank you to all of our defensive investors. We appreciate you. Until the next time, which will be Enneagram 7, get ready to party. We are going to uh, we're going to sign off now. So defy your number, live your spirit, and we'll talk to you next time. Okay. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, Pete. Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. The Defiant Spirit is an offering of Soul Center to Center for Spirituality, Meaning, and Healing. And if you'd like to learn more about the Defiant Spirit or Soul Center, get more inspirational content, access to a variety of online programs, or see how we might work together to discover deeper meaning in your life, greater purpose for your life, or live the Defiant Spirit power within your life, visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, keep living your defiant spirit.